Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. My name is Calvin and I'm your host. I'm excited that you're here spending uh, your time with me. Listen, I never take for granted the time that uh, you spend with me and that you invite me into your world. Uh, I know you have uh, a million other things you could be doing, uh, but you're here hanging out with me for a little while and I just want you to know that I, I greatly appreciate it and I do not take it for granted and I'm thankful uh, for you and to be uh, a part of your life for whatever part I am. And uh, today, uh, the day that I'm recording this is February 19th, 2020. And it happens to be a very special day uh, in my life because February 19th of 2007, I became a father. And uh I became a father to the most awesome young man I know. His name is Cohen, and today he is 13 years old. That means I have a teenager. Yes, if you're listening, please pray for me. I have a teenager, <laughs> and I have two more kids uh, as well, so uh, I've definitely got uh, my share of things to do, and we're at that stage, you know, where even though they're only each involved in one thing, it seems like, I mean, you know, we're playing zone here as it is, but it seems like uh, with three of them all involved in something, plus pastoring and leading a church, plus having family time, plus having time with my friends, uh, time making visits and meetings and everything, it seems like we just go nonstop and uh, uh, it's all good things. Uh, but it is, it, it is, it is a lot, <laughs> and I'm sure that you uh, understand that as well if you have kids, uh, and if you don't, you definitely get more rest, <laughs> so uh, maybe you have a, a few less grays, um, but uh, this this time really um, is also special for us because three years ago uh, today, we launched the BB campus of New Life Church of Arkansas, and um, which is the church where my wife Brent and I are the uh, pastors, and I'm very thankful for our pastors, Pastor Rick and Michelle Bazette, uh, Pastors Harry and Sherilyn Bates, uh, Pastor Darren and Marcy DeLon, Pastor Bobby and Angelina Hamilton. I'm just very thankful that they believed in us, and... Um, I'm just very grateful uh, to be a part of a, a wonderful organization, a wonderful church. And if I didn't pastor uh, this campus, I would still attend it. And so if you're a part of my NLCBB family, I just want to say thank you for three awesome years. Uh, it's amazing to see all that God's done. And I just wanted to give a shout out to them on the podcast uh, today. But this this season is sort of a reflection time for me, my birthday uh, personally is coming up soon and uh, I always get reflective for some reason around my birthday uh, I'm always thankful for another year and you know really when you celebrate your kids birthdays I was thinking about this uh, it's not really that I'm celebrating that they're having another birthday I'm really celebrating that I've been able to keep a child alive for 13 years <laughs> and uh, so I guess uh, kind of selfishly that's as much for me and my wife as it is our son uh, but uh, but anyway we we love uh, birthday season in our house January February March and then October 
uh, birthday seasons for us, and and so I'm very thankful for my family, and uh, uh, I love all three of my kids. Cohen is 13. Cannon is uh, going to turn nine next month, and our daughter Caroline turned uh, seven back uh, in January. And so uh, we've got a, a wonderful full house, that's for sure. So enough about that today. Um, I guess because of the reflection season that I'm in, I wanted to talk to you about things I wish I had known. And this is going to be a series of podcasts, and uh, I'm not exactly sure how we're titling them, but um, just for conversation's sake with you, uh, I want to talk to you about some things that I wish my 20-year-old self knew. Or you could even take it to 18 when you graduate high school or when you graduate college or just my younger self. Uh, what are some things that I wish I had known that would make my life easier, would have made my life easier, would have helped me lead better, would have helped me live better, would have helped me had stronger relationships, uh, would have saved me heartache. And really, too, I think that I'm thinking about this for my own children as well, uh, things that I want them to know, things that I want them to understand from me. And so, if anything, this is hopefully some wisdom for my kids uh, to learn from things that maybe I have done well, and God knows things that I haven't always done well. And so uh, today, the first one I want to talk to you about is uh, something that I definitely, definitely believe in. I've seen it prove true in my own life personally with uh, leaders in my own life, and I've seen it play out as a leader in other people's lives. And uh, so today... This is it. You ready? You listening? Here we go. People live and lead at the level in which you believe in them. Let me say that again. People live and lead at the level in which you believe in them. Now, being a pastor, I see that most people understand where they mess up. Most people are self-aware enough to realize when they lay their head down uh, on their pillow at night, they realize all the things they could have done better that day. Uh, I know I'm not the only one that thinks that, but I, I, I know that uh, there are times I lay my head down at night and I just go through my day and I think, man, I could have done that better. I probably shouldn't have said that. I probably should have said this. Uh, my attitude may have been kind of poor in that. Uh, maybe I should have uh, held my tongue a little better. Uh, whatever it is, uh, I'm sure that you can think back every day and, and wish there were things that you had done uh, better and where you fell short that day. What I find uh, most of the time is that people are looking for someone to believe in them. And most people, at least I'm in the South, I'm in Arkansas, and we're in the historical Bible Belt. Obviously, that, that belt is uh, falling apart a little bit uh, now compared to, to what it used to be, um, culturally at least. And um, most of the people here have this view of God sort of like Zeus, ready to zap them with a lightning bolt when they mess up 
uh, just waiting to sort of pounce on them and uh, and and punish them. And I personally had this view of God uh, growing up. I thought Jesus was good. I knew Jesus loved me. Uh, but I thought God the Father was extremely mad at me and uh, was ready to pounce on me at any time. So it left me in this place where I wasn't really sure of my identity uh, in Christ with the Father. But then I realized that uh, Jesus was the perfect incarnation of the perfect will of God. Let me say that again. Jesus was the incarnation of the perfect will of God. What do I mean by that? Jesus said that the son can do nothing apart from the father. And he said that he only did what he saw the father doing. So what we see Jesus doing in scripture is exactly the will of the father towards us. And I think we miss that a lot of the times. And matter of fact, uh, Romans 2 chapter 4 says, do you not know that it's the kindness of the Lord that leads to repentance? And we need to understand that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us because that was the will of the Father. Even though we were sinners, he knew us, yet he loved us anyway. And so most people have no idea that God believes in them. They have no idea that God sees them for who he created them to be, not necessarily how they've lived up until this point. Because I know most of the time we sell ourselves short of what God has fully intended for our lives. And I see this in people all the time. I see people with such great potential, yet I see them living way below how God has gifted them, how God has created them and the gifts that he's given to them in order to further his kingdom purpose in their life. And I see people live below this so much. And so what I have learned uh, leading people, and I realize that I've been in, in ministry of some sort for almost 20 years now, I don't feel old enough to be doing anything for 20 years, uh, but such is life. It goes by quickly. Uh, but I have learned that, that people will rise to the occasion if you believe in them. I fully believe this. We even see this example with Jesus and the disciples. I think especially of Peter. Think about this. Peter, he was a fisherman, which if you've been to Israel, uh, he was in the in the Galilean area. This is sort of the country, if you will, of Israel. It's not uh, it's not in Jerusalem. It's not big city areas. It's smaller communities and villages and around the Sea of Galilee. This was sort of an agricultural area, if you will. And so I'm in the south. I'm in a rural area a lot, and and so I identify with where Peter and the disciples were. They, they were fishermen. They were blue-collar folks. They were just regular old people that God saw something amazing in. And Peter was also a loudmouth. He was a big talker. He was always, well, Lord, I'll go to the depth with you. No, no, you know, there's nothing going to come between us, you know. And then what happened? He, he was the ultimate fair-weather friend when he denied Christ three times. And so we see all these faults that Peter had in him. Now, Peter had a pretty good rap sheet uh, and a pretty good resume to maybe not be the guy. 
that he was. But yet, this this fisherman, this regular old guy who just happened to be loud and boisterous and a big talker and this fair-weather friend, Jesus also saw him as a devout disciple. And he gets a bad rap for this, uh, for falling in the water. But last time I checked, he's the only other man to walk on water. He was the only one that had enough chutzpah to get out of the boat and walk towards Jesus. Yes, he fell, but at least he tried. So he was the only other man to walk on water. Then Jesus tells him, on this rock, Peter, will I build my church? And he fulfills that on the day of Pentecost when Peter preaches and the thousands are saved and the church is born. And he's the leader of the church in Jerusalem. This is Peter, this rock that Jesus saw this potential in him, even when he was just out in a boat as a fisherman. Jesus saw his God-given potential. And I think it's important that we as leaders, if you're a leader listening to this podcast, and even if you're not, you, you, everyone is leading someone, just so you know. And maybe you don't have a positional leadership, but John Maxwell tells us that leadership is purely at its, uh, its most pure form that it is influence. Leadership is influence in someone else's life. And so all of us have influence with people. So we're all leading people. And we all have the opportunity every day to speak life into someone or to speak death into someone. Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 31 tells us that we have the opportunity to choose life and death or blessings and curses. And, and, and then he tells us that if we'll choose life, that us and our seed will live. As believers and followers of Christ, we should be the most life-giving people around. We should not be known as the most judgmental people or the quickest to pounce on somebody when they fail or when they fall. We should be the people that are known for speaking life into people, for believing in people, for seeing the best in people. Yes, people mess up. Yes, people are sinners. Yes, we all fall short of the glory of God. Yet, while we were all those things, Christ still loved us enough God the Father still loved us so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus, so that we could have everlasting life. And then John 3, 17, it says that he didn't send, he being the Father, didn't send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him would be saved. He didn't come to tell us how bad we are. He came to tell us how good he is. And so I see it as, as my role as a leader, as a pastor, as a friend, as a husband, as a, a father, as a brother, as a son. I see it as my role to let the people in my life know that I love them, that I believe in them, and then it's, it, it, it's my position and my thinking that people will live and lead and serve and love at the level in which you believe in them. I think we see this very clearly in just the life of Peter. And then we look in John chapter 21, after the resurrection of Christ, uh, this is, the Bible says in John chapter 21 there that this is the third time that Jesus appeared to his disciples and they're out fishing. And uh, John 
sees uh, Jesus and realizes that when he's talking that it is the Lord. And so the scripture says Peter threw on his tunic because he was stripped down for work and he jumped out in the water. He didn't even wait to, to paddle the boat. He jumped off in the water and swam to Jesus. <laughs> Every time I read this story and, and think about this story, I cannot help but think about Forrest Gump when he's out on his boat and he sees Lieutenant Dan on the pier and he yells, Lieutenant Dan! And what's he do? The boat is still going. He doesn't even think twice. He just jumps into the water because he cannot wait to see Lieutenant Dan. He didn't care about the boat. He cared about seeing Lieutenant Dan. And I love that Peter, he didn't care about what he was doing. He didn't care about the fish. He didn't care about his friends. He just cared about seeing Jesus because he knew that Jesus loved him. And he knew that somehow Jesus believed in him. And then we see Jesus ask Peter three times, Peter, do you love me? The first two times, Peter says, yes, Lord, I love you. And then Jesus says, feed my sheep. Think about that. Jesus asked Peter, told Peter, this person who denied him, who ran away from him, yet Jesus looks at Peter and says, you know what? What I've been doing here on earth, I'm leaving it with you. I'm entrusting you to carry on the work of my father. So feed my sheep, feed my sheep. And then the third time, Jesus says, Peter, do you love me? And finally, Peter, being the guy he was, said, Lord, you know I love you. You know I love you. Then what did Jesus say? One more time. He said, then Peter, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. And I think it's awesome. And then what happens? Peter becomes that man who rises up, who stays in the upper room until the Holy Spirit falls upon them and then empowers them to be witnesses. And he becomes the man who preaches and thousands are saved at the birthday of the church on the day of Pentecost. How amazing is that? And I believe that there are many Peters out there waiting on someone to call it out of them. They may see themselves as a fisherman, as a farmer, as a doctor, as a lawyer, as a teacher, as a police officer, as a mechanic, as a truck driver. Whatever they do, they may identify themselves with that. I think we in America struggle so much with identifying ourselves with what we do. Yet the Lord identifies us by who he's made us to be and the fact that we are his children if we have a relationship with him. What we get in the kingdom is not based on what we do. It's based on who we are and whose we are. And Jesus understood this and he saw this in Peter and he called the greatness that was in Peter out of Peter. I think sometimes we have to be like Jesus when he looked upon the tomb of Lazarus and he said, Lazarus, come forth. I think that there's so, sometimes there's dead things in people that God wants to call alive and he's waiting on one of us, some one of us to agree with his word over this person and speak that life into them, call the things that God has placed into them out 
and believe that they can live in the calling and the creation that they were made for. I know that's been true in my life. I'm thankful for the leaders and the people in my life who have believed in me, who still believe in me to this day. I'm thankful for them. And I am who I am because God used and worked through our relationship to speak things into my life that maybe I was unwilling to believe unless someone else spoke it. So I want to encourage you today, understand that people will live and people will lead at the level in which you believe in them. Your words have power in someone else's life. Words have power in our own lives. I love this quote by an author named Brian Arenas. He said this. He wrote a series of books and and compiled them into a book called Story People. And I have this beautiful uh, drawing, and uh, it has this quote on it. And it says, anyone can slay a dragon, she told me. But try waking up every morning and loving the world all over again. That takes a real hero. I wholeheartedly believe that somebody is waiting on you to help them be the hero of their story. I know God has placed people in my life who came in at the perfect time, spoke the word of God into my life to help me further along in my journey to help me grow into the man that God has called me to be. And I want you to understand that my goal for this podcast is to help you realize and help you become all that God has created you to be so that you can in turn help someone else become all that God has created them to be. Let's be people who believe in other people.